to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. the word today. Let's pray and then we're going to have our video today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just pray, God, that you would just speak to our hearts. Come on, just lay your hand on your heart right now. Come on, God, I pray that you would speak to my heart today. God, whatever, God, you would speak into each life. God, I pray that they would receive it. God, I pray that we would receive it willingly today, that we would not leave here the same way in which we came in, but we would leave here changed, transformed and renewed. God, we just thank you, God, that this is truly the day you have made. And God, we're going to live in it. We're going to be glad in it. We're going to rejoice in it. And God, joy comes through receiving your word. And God, our lives being changed. God, and we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, keep calm and carry on. In the spring of 1939, during the build-up to war with Germany, the British government commissioned a series of propaganda posters. These posters were intended to offer the public reassurance in the dark days that lay ahead. They were required to be uniform in style and were to feature a special and handsome typeface, making them difficult for the enemy to counterfeit. They used the crown of King George VI as the only graphic device and had just two colours. Of the three final designs that went into production, the first poster carried the slogan, Your courage, your cheerfulness, your resolution will bring us victory. The second poster had the words, Freedom is in peril, defend it with all your might. But the third design, of which over two and a half million posters were printed, simply read, Keep calm and carry on. These days we see the Keep Calm logo everywhere around us, on mugs, t-shirts, billboards, posters and such. There is even now an app that you can use to design your own Keep Calm catchphrase. We believe, though, that to keep calm and carry on can be a powerful way to go through our lives whilst we are under attack from our enemy and the challenges of life on a day-to-day basis, and that it can help you focus on hope for you, your family, your finances, your health, and your future. There is hope for your life. Keep calm and carry on. Come on, I love that. There is hope for your life. Keep calm and carry on. What a great series that we have had and we have learned, I believe, so much this month from God's Word. Truths that will change our lives. Truth that will bring change in our life that will birth hope for our future. And I I know that there's many of you today that God has perhaps in your life pinpointed an area or areas. Anyone with me on that? That God has just shone into some areas of your life and say, you know what, that's an area that you need to change. Or maybe it's 
it's been areas of your life that God wants to bring about change, whether it's in our physical bodies. I, I think probably all of us could say we need to change there. Come on, that our bodies don't totally glorify God in our relationships, in our marriages, in our finances. Help us, Jesus. Come on now. In our spiritual lives, we need, I pray, every one of us to say, God, yes, I need change there. God, I need change, but God doesn't leave us hanging. God will help us change. God will give us the strength and the ability that we need to bring about change. But in order to see the results, there's got to be application. There has to be application. There has to be action on your behalf. And that's what we challenge you every week. We give you the word, but we challenge you to apply it to your life, to live it every week, because it's in doing it that success and blessing will come. Today we're going to talk about something that I am so excited and really passionate about. And we're going to talk today about baptism, water baptism. Today's a special day for us. When you came in today, you probably saw the tank outside. After the 11 o'clock service today, we're going to be baptizing some people. And I just think perhaps some of you need to be considered to be a part of what we're going to do after the 11 o'clock service. And we're going to talk about baptism today. And here's the thought that God really really gave me when I was meditating on this and really seeking God just to give me what I needed to say. And the thought is this, and this is what we've entitled the message today. Baptism is not just an event. It's not just an event. So what do I mean by that? You see, I don't want us just to see water baptism as something we must do. Well, I guess I just have to do it. Now, we're going to discover from God's Word that God asks us to do that. It's an act of obedience. I believe every Christian should be baptized. I believe it's right to do that. But I don't want to just see baptism as something almost that's forced upon us. I want you today to see baptism as an experience. Not an event, but an experience. Now, some of you are going to get mad at me when I say this, but hang with me. An experience that's a continuation to your salvation experience. I believe it's something that is so powerful. We don't believe and we don't teach and we believe from God's Word. It says this, that baptism isn't that which saves you. You can't wash away your sin. What can wash away my sins? Ivory soap and... No, nothing can wash away my sins except what? The blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So we're not preaching that baptism saves you, so please hear me with that. But we believe that through the act and through the decision of saying, God, I want to be baptized, we believe that releases a power into and through your lives. As you make a public declaration... That God, I'm going all in for you. God, I'm just giving it. I'm laying it all out, Christ. I'm not going to hold anything back, but I'm going to give it all to you. Because that's what baptism is doing. Baptism is saying, God, I bury my old life and I resurrect the sign of going under the water and coming up. is a symbol of death and resurrection, death and burial and resurrection. You're saying, Jesus, I'm going under. I'm dying to all those old things. I'm burying my old life. My past is behind me. And God, I believe I'm being resurrected into newness of life. Come on, say with me, raised to life. 
raised to life. Why? Because baptism is an outward expression of an inward decision. A decision to give your life to Christ. Turn with me today to John chapter 14 and verse 6. I love this verse. Most of you should know this verse. Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Notice Jesus says the, 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 because he's not a way. He's not a truth. He's not a life. He's specific. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. Now what you may not realize is what context or where this scripture was quoted to actually Thomas it was. It was quoted to Thomas. Jesus said to him, Jesus said to Thomas. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. He's talking to them about the things to come, his death, his burial. His death on the cross was very close at hand. This was the last supper. This was the last moments together. He's talking about the new covenant that his death was going to bring. The newness of life that was going to come. He's identified his betrayer. He's exposed Peter. And he's told him that in his greatest hour of need, that Peter was going to deny him. That Peter was going to turn his back. Peter says to Jesus, everyone else may leave you, but I will never leave you. So in the process of this conversation, in this setting, he goes on to tell his disciples this in John 14 verse 1. He says, let not your heart be troubled. In other words, don't worry about everything that I've said. Don't worry about the death. Don't worry about the betrayal. Don't worry about denying me. Don't worry about the circumstances and situations of life because something is greater than life. Come on, I am greater than life. God says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. You also believe in me. Verse 2, he goes on to say, I prepare a place for you. Verse 3, he says, I'm coming back for you. Now look what Thomas says in verse 5. Thomas asks a question and he says, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Have you ever felt like that in life? Have you ever felt like you didn't know which way was up and which way to go and what decision to make in your life? You've been around the right people. You've been around the right influence. But when it comes to your moment, to your time, you still kind of question. You still don't know. Well, I love that Jesus doesn't leave you at your place of question. He takes you to the place of answer. Come on, he wants to take you to that place of answer. And it's then that Jesus says the next verse, John 14, 6, I am the way. Don't worry about all the circumstances and the complications of life. Life comes through me. Come on, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. In other words, if you want to live, it's through me. In other words, if you want to have truth in your life, Jesus says, I am truth. If you want to know how to live and be happy, if you want to know the purpose for your life, Jesus is saying, everything is through me. I've come to give it all to you. 
I've come to give it all to you. Look what Jesus says in another scripture in John 10 verse 10. I love this scripture and we see it here too. We see the reason why he comes. He states the reason that he comes. He says the thief does not come except to steal, to kill and to destroy. Bad devil. Come on, he wants to take us out. He wants to take us down. But that's not the end of the story. Come on, I'm ready to preach today. He says, I have come that you may, that they may, that every one who accepts me may have life. And did he say it what way? He says, and not just life, but life of abundance. Life of abundance. You've got to see this. There are too many Christians today that are living in a mere existence. You're not living in victory. You're not living in power. You're not living in might. But you have accepted where you're at. You have resolved to the thought that your life will never be, I'll never be happy. I guess this is just how I'm going to be. Listen, Jesus says, I've come not for you to exist. Jesus said, I have come that you may abound. Come on, Jesus said, I have come that you may have everything that you need in life. And we're not talking about a million dollars, because for most, if not all of us, a million dollars would be the biggest problem that we have ever had in our life. It wouldn't be the solution to problems, it would just multiply the problems. Come on, Jesus said, I've come to give you a peace that will go beyond your understanding. Jesus said, I've come to give you hope when it looks like things are hopeless. Jesus said, I've come to be your strength when you feel like you can't take another step. Come on, that's the abundance that Jesus is talking about in your life. In other words, Jesus said, I've come to give you life to the max. Come on, turn up the max just a little bit right now. Come on, turn up that volume. Let's hit the max in Jesus Christ. And I believe it's time as children of God that we live like that. I believe it's time that we live in abundance. I believe it's time that we live with purpose in our life and we have life and there's hope for our future. Refusing to allow our limitations and our mistakes and the guilt of our past to rob us anymore from our future. But to live a life that's totally sold out to God. A life that's not just words and it's action. And you know what? I believe that baptism is an expression of that life. I believe that as we go down in the water, we turn around and say, God, you are the way, you're the truth, you're the life. And God, I've made a decision to accept you, but God, I'm taking my decision to places it's never gone before. God, I I don't want to just function through life. I want to live totally sold out. And I believe that baptism can be such a powerful part of your Christian experience with God. Look what it says in Mark chapter 1. This is talking of Jesus when he was baptized. Mark chapter 1 verse 9 through 11. It says, Now it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee. And he was baptized by John in the Jordan River. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And then a voice from heaven cried out and said, You are my beloved Son in whom... I am well pleased. Now we know that when John baptized, it talks about in the Bible that John baptized in repentance. 
that people made a decision. And as a result of their decision, they were baptized straight away under water and they were given to God. But what we see is this. Jesus did not come to be baptized of John for his own sins. Because John says these words, in a, I believe it's in Luke, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John was saying, here he is, here's the Messiah, here's the perfect one, here's the Christ child. So Jesus wasn't baptized because he needed to be saved. And we can see that again, that baptism is not that which brings about salvation. But I want you to see today what happened to Jesus as a result of him being baptized. The first thing was this, Jesus was empowered for ministry. It wasn't that his ministry had not already begun because he had been a ministry to everyone else. He had come in contact with up to that age and up to that time. But it was the beginning of his public ministry when he was baptized as an act of obedience. And really Jesus was baptized to show each one of us what we need to do, being a model and an example for us. But as he was baptized, guess what? He was released into a new realm of ministry. But there's something else that I think is so powerful that what we just read is this, that God's approval was stamped upon him. That when he was baptized, the heavens were opened, the Spirit came like a dove, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, and God, a voice from heaven, spoke, this is my beloved Son, the triune Godhead, present right there, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God spoke these words, here is my beloved Son. How incredible. Empowered for ministry, but yet two thumbs up from a father that says, fully approve of your life. My God, think about that. There could be thumbs up in heaven today because of your baptism saying, look at that. That's my boy. That's my girl. Man, I approve. I love that. I, they, I approve to that. And I believe, as I say, Jesus was baptized as an example for us, for our lives, for our ministry. That the favor and the blessing of God that he wants to place upon our lives can be present. And you may say, well, hold on, Pastor Phillips, you say I can't minister and uh, I can't really have favor with God and I can't really be used by God if I don't do it. No, that's not what I said. But you know what? Here's what I will say is, if Jesus did it, if he did it and it released something in his life, come on, I want to follow Jesus through the baptism. And I want to see great results take place in my life. I want to give you seven points of baptism today. Seven points of baptism. Are you ready? Let's go through it. Number one, baptism is focus forward. Come on, you should be shouting for that. That's awesome right there. Baptism is looking ahead. We all have a past. Whether we choose to admit it or whether we like to admit it or not, we've all got a past. We've all got struggles that we've come through. Come on, we've all got failures. We've all got mistakes. We've all got those things that want to keep knocking on our door and try to put us in condemnation and put us in guilt. We've all got those things. If they were displayed on the screen right here, we would run out of the door screaming because we would be embarrassed because of the things of our past. We all have a past. But you know what? God is not about our past. He's about our present into our future. 
God says, I'll take care of your past. I can handle your past. And because of salvation, he does that. He takes our past. He takes our sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us, to make us anew in him. So God takes our past. Christ removes our past and in turn gives us a future. I believe baptism is a statement of your future. I believe baptism is a statement into your future. It's leaving those things behind as you go through the water. You're saying, Jesus, I may be messed up just this week, but you know what? God, I want you to give me the strength like never before because I'm leaving the condemnation of the past. I'm dying to the past. I'm dying to the guilt. I'm dying to the shame. And God, I'm being resurrected in your grace and in your mercy to go and do. Come on, I'm making a public declaration that the past past is gone and it's not going to be a part of my future anymore. Look what the Bible tells us in Romans 6 because it talks about this. Romans 6, 3 through 5, it says, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized, speaking of water baptism, into Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death. In other words, water baptism is a symbol of the believer's union with Christ in his death, his burial and resurrection, as we're going to see as we read on. Verse 4, therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, baptized is what it's speaking about, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. I get excited when I look at that last two or three words of verse 4, that newness of life, that I can walk in newness of life. I love the last word from verse 5. It says that I can have resurrection, come on a fresh start. I can have a new beginning. What an incredible statement that baptism can bring into my life as I am dead to Christ, as I am dead to sin, and I am being resurrected into life, leaving my past behind and giving it all for Christ. Point number two, baptism is a stepping into a new life. It's stepping into the new life of Christ Jesus. Anyone ever heard of Peter in the Bible? Come on, anyone ever heard of Peter? He was one of Jesus' first disciples and followers that was called. He was the one who got it wrong more times than he got it right. Come on, he was the foot-in-mouth guy. Does anyone know anyone like that? The one who would open his mouth before he engaged his brain. He would say things many times before he really thought. He was the one that we wouldn't have probably chosen if we were Jesus. To be honest, we wouldn't have chosen him probably if we were Jesus because, I mean, he's just an uneducated fisherman. He didn't have it all together. Peter was a man of great highs. Tell me what greater high there would be than walking on water. I mean, absolutely incredible. He was a man of great lows. There was probably no greater low that he would ever or anyone would ever face in life than to deny Christ as we see that he did. He didn't have it all together. He messed up many times. In fact, after Jesus, after they watched Jesus be crucified and him die and then be put in a tomb, Peter turns to the other disciples and says, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going back fishing. I'm going back to my old way. Can you notice how easy it is to slip back into the old way? 
And he went back fishing, but I'm so glad that when he was fishing, Jesus came to him. Jesus came to him, and long story short, Jesus asks him three questions. Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Jesus gave him the opportunity to undo the three denials he made for Christ. But now he had the opportunity three times to say, Jesus, yes, I love you. Jesus, yes, I love you. Jesus, yes, I love you. So here's a man whose life now has been totally changed. And a man who on the day of Pentecost, he stands up and gives arguably probably one of the greatest messages that has ever been preached on this earth. And he talks about Jesus and the greatness and who you've crucified and who he is. And for the sake of time, I want us to jump in right at the end of his message. In fact, it's, it's after his message. It's the response to his message. And it says this in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. Now when they heard this, They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, men and brethren, what shall we do? They heard the gospel be preached and the response was, what now should we do? Verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So notice this. Peter calls to each one of them. They ask, what shall I do? And and Peter says, well, you've got to first change your opinion of who you think Christ is. Then you've got to what? You've got to have a different attitude towards him. You've got to accept him as your Messiah, as your Savior, as your King, as the Lord of your life. Then, he says, you've got to make a public, what? Acknowledgement to be baptized. In verse 39, reading on, it says, For the promise is for you and your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Come out from that crooked generation. Be separate from the life that you can so easily find yourself becoming a part of. Then those who gladly received his word, they were baptized. And all that day, about 3,000 souls was added to them. Wow, that was a great day. 3,000 people being added to God in just one day. But let me sum that up for you. Those that day literally asked the question, what must we do? What next? How do I step into this newness of life? How do I see great things take place in my life? Peter says there's three things you do. Number one, you change your life. And here's how you change your life. You turn to God. You give God your life. But then notice this. He says, but then you need to be baptized. Come out from the godly or come out from the worldly life and become part of the godly life. Seek God. Step into a brand new life. Hope for your future. Fulfillment for your life. Peace for your life. As we said, it's an outward expression of an inward decision. I truly believe that water baptism can be that statement of faith for you that can cause you to step into a new life that you have never had before. Yes, you're saved and it doesn't make you any more saved. But there's a power, I believe, that can come through obedience. And that's the next point. Number three, baptism is a decision of obedience. A decision of obedience. One of the greatest ways to live a fruitful life 
is by living a life of obedience to God. How many would say amen to that? If I want to, things to go well when I was a kid, guess what? All I had to do was be obedient to my parents and life was great. The problems I had was because when I wanted to be disobedient, when I wanted to bend the rules, when I wanted to manipulate the rules, when mum and dad said be home at 10 and I wanted to be home at 10.30, that's when the problems started. And I could get all mad and upset and I could call everyone around me and say, poor old me, you don't know what I'm going through at home, but if I would have been obedient, there would have been no problems. There would have been no problems. Come on right now, if you would have be obedient to God, you wouldn't have the problems that you have in life. Come on, you wouldn't have to suffer through the pain and the anguish. And it's amazing, I was just listening to something on the radio yesterday and how this person was blaming a government for not coming to the rescue. And as a result, his family was lost in circumstances and situations. But you know what? It wasn't the government's situation or it wasn't their requirement to do what was expected of them But because they didn't do it, the guy's just mad at them. How how could you do this? Well, the reality was you made the wrong decisions. You made the wrong choices for your life. And now you want to blame other people. You know, it's amazing the decisions that can be overturned and the joy that can be restored when we just walk in obedience to God. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 19. He says, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, baptize them. It's a commandment. You save them and give them the gospel, but then baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I believe obedience releases great blessing to your life. Look at the statement I read the other day. Disobedience equals incomplete obedience. Well, it's just a little thing, but it's not obedience. It's incomplete obedience. And therefore, if we're living in disobedience or incomplete obedience, we will never completely fulfill and see complete fulfillment and blessings upon our lives. Obedience to God and His Word. Why is that so important for my life? You may say, well, pastor, what's the big deal with that? I'm telling you why it's such a big deal. Because what we give to God is going to produce more back. What we give to God is going to produce more back. Let me show you what I mean. When I give him my life, guess what? God then uses me. God is able to use me when I give my... When I'm obedient to God and I give him my life, then he is able to use me in ways I never thought. When I give God my faith, he helps me to become faithful. He helps me to become full of faith and blessing. When I give him my obedience, then I can walk in his power and I can walk in his might. I believe baptism is... A decision, not the decision, but a decision of obedience that will see great results and great power in your life. Number four, baptism is what? Full submersion. It's fully submerging. It's being put right under. In fact, the word baptism is baptizo in the Greek, which means to dip, immerse, to plunge, to submerge. And why is that important? 
Why do we put people right under the water? Why? Because I believe it once again confirms the commitment they're making to Christ. That they're saying, God, everything that I have, everything that I am, God is yours as I put it under the water. Symbolic of your death and burial and then your resurrection. It's been totally buried in God, not having a half heart. But given everything to God, the one who gave everything for us. There's too many half-hearted Christians out there. People who say, God, I'll give you my arm, and they just baptize that. God, I'll give you my leg, I'll just dangle it in there. God, I'll give you what I want, when I want, and how I want. Baptism, the salvation experience, is giving everything to God. It's publicly making that statement to others around, I'm all in. Come on, I'm all in. I'm all in. For some of you, we maybe hold you down a little bit more to make sure you're really all in. But it's been all in. It's saying, God, I want to be totally submerged in you. I want to give everything to you. And I know I must close today. So quickly, the next three points. Number five, baptism brings a new boldness. It's not magic in the water, but it releases the power of God within you. As you make a new stand, something happens inside of you. I was talking to Pete this week, and he said, man, my life was changed when I got baptized. Something took place. Something just broke loose in my life. I really felt a change. Yes, salvation experience set me free, and that's what I needed. But there was something that took place. There was a boldness. There was just a power that accompanied my life. As I went through the baptism, number six, baptism is a celebration. Remember the story of Jesus being baptized. The heavens were opened and God said, that's my son, I'm pleased. I'm well pleased with him. Come on, there's a celebration. There's a joy in heaven when we are baptized. What a celebration. I can cause a celebration. The Bible says the angels rejoice over a sinner who is saved and we thank God for that, but we also see there's joy and there's blessing through salvation. Listen to this statement. The affirmation from a father builds great confidence in your life. A lot of us today who didn't have the affirmation, I thank God for having the affirmation of a father, a great father. Love my mum and dad. Great, great, great people. Incidentally, we'll be back with us next week. Looking forward to that. But the affirmation of my parents when I was growing up built such confidence in my life that there was hardly a situation or circumstance in life that I was afraid to go into because I had their backing. I knew that I had their support and it created a confidence. Can you see the support of God and the blessing and the favor and the joy of God upon your life can create a confidence in your life? that will change your life. And last but not least, baptism is something that is totally relevant and fully important for your life. It's relevant and important. Baptism is not a religious activity, and it never should be. That's not what biblical baptism is all about. Some of you were sprinkled as a child. You were christened as a child. That's not biblical baptism. Plus, it wasn't your choice. Your parents, your family determined and decided that you were going to do do that or do this. Baptism is a decision that you make for yourself. And you can make that decision still today. It's still relevant today for this reason, because God's word is still as relevant today as it ever has been. And how exciting it is today that we've seen those who have already signed up and 
They've just gone through a class at 9.15 today and we have another class available at 11.15 for those who want more information on it that we can talk to you about it. But there's those who have been signed up to be baptized and, and I think that's absolutely great. Maybe today you came here with no intention to be baptized but here in this message you would say, you know what, Pastor Philip, I need to be baptized. I want to be baptized. You can do that. You can go home and grab a change of clothes. We've got some towels here. We're going to give you a T-shirt. You like the T-shirts? Really cool. I have decided. I'm going to give everyone who's baptized a T-shirt. Some of the kids, we're going to have to order some different sizes, but we're going to have everyone a T-shirt who's been baptized. But you can be baptized today. The only ba- requirement for baptism is salvation, is being saved. Maybe there's some fathers here today that lead, to lead your whole family in baptism. Maybe there's some mothers today. Maybe there's some children, young or old, whoever you are. What a great blessing it can be to be baptized. Some of you came in here dry and many of you are going to leave here wet today. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. But I just want to encourage you. We don't want it just to be an event. We want it to be an experience. An experience, part of the continuation of your salvation experience, doesn't make you any more saved. But I believe there is such power, as we have said, as you make that public declaration that, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. And I want to give everything to you. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.